Another pot of coffee is brewing, but this time it's to go in an espresso martini, because that's how I roll on the holidays. And as I write this, it's the new year, and I'm celebrating the end of 2021, thank goodness it's over, and the promise that glimmers at the beginning of 2022. I've also just spent a full week drinking an average of nine cups of coffee per day. Yes, you did not miss here, nine. So I'm sort of happy to be back to my normal five. All that means is that it's time for the first ever retrospective episode of Not Before Coffee, as well as the first episode of 2022. I'm your host, Ray self-confessed bookworm, film addict, TV show marathoner, hermit, long-term depression sufferer, and very honest. I've been talking about it for a while, but at the end of the episode, I am going to be announcing some really exciting changes coming to Not Before Coffee from next week and I can't wait to show you what is going to be going along with them. If you follow me on Instagram at Not Before Coffee Podcast, then you'll have seen a few little hints but the full reveal will have been made on there on Twitter and on Facebook by the time you hear this. If you haven't seen that yet, what are you waiting for? Seriously, head over there and check it out while listening to this. As I've already mentioned, this is a retrospective, so I'm going to be taking you on a bit of a journey through the last year. All the books, well, some of them, the movies, the TV, the ups and the downs, and if anything doesn't sound familiar, then there is a link to my episode catalogue that you can follow afterwards. There is no better place to start than the beginning. So back in January, with the bitter winds, came a couple of episodes in which I talked with Sam Hurley from Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, but we weren't talking about movies. He was on so that we could talk about his first novel, Compliance. The book was a really enjoyable read, left me with so many questions that I am still hoping he will do a sequel. Sam, are you doing a sequel? The book was nothing like anything I'd read before, and while I do have a favourite genre, I do love to read novels that are a challenge and different to the norm, at least my norm. If you want to find out more about Compliance, the episode was split in two, as not everyone wants to hear spoilers. There was speculation on potential film casting, what inspired the novel, the characters, and that ending. The book is available on Amazon globally and the episodes were released on the 7th and 10th of January 2021 because we're now in 2022 everyone. My chat with an author was followed by Reese Witherspoon having to make a choice between Chris Pine and Tom Hardy. For me an easy one but not so much for her in This Means War. To be honest I'm still not sure that we got the right ending. We also had a review of the 2009 contemporary romance novel, Rumour Has It, No, It Did Not Inspire the Film, by Jill Mansell, one of my favourite authors. Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds in the proposal followed a couple of weeks later, also starring the sadly missed, as it was only announced on New Year's Eve, Betty White. And I waited to review this one because my attention was diverted completely by the brand new Jill Mansell novel, And Now You're Back. 
January was actually a really good month for books, at least for me. In February, I celebrated my birthday, another year closer to 50. Let's not mention that. And it was a bit of a mixed bag. Vampires, romantic assassins, a disastrous wedding and a romantic drama comedy, apparently, that was anything but romantic, dramatic or comedic. Yep, it was Fright Night, Muriel's Wedding, Mr. Right, which I love, and he's just not that into you. Of course, it wasn't all movies because I also reviewed a few good books. I took a look at the first in a series about a mysterious book collector and multiple realities in Genevieve Cogman's The Invisible Library, Then I read the sixth book in the popular Argeno Vampire series by Lindsay Sands, Bite Me If You Can. It's the story of the family patriarch Lucien Argeno, and it just had to be done because I've talked about it several times and it's one of my favourites in the series. March brought with it the promise of spring, so what better month to introduce my first actor season and what better actor to choose? Throughout the month, I released episodes in which I looked at films starring the one and only Chris Evans. Yes, I know there's another one. My family is always going, Chris Evans, the DJ? Really? It's like, no, the one on my phone, Captain America. I talked about three of his lesser known films, What's Your Number, The Perfect Score and The Losers, followed by his first ensemble blockbuster, Avengers Assemble, which came out in 2012. March wasn't without books, though, because also I read my first and last Megan Quinn, which I hate to admit I found lacking. As you will know if you have listened to the episode, The Wedding Game had unfortunately unlikable and incredibly fickle central characters surrounding a premise that was lacking any purpose. I also treated myself to an unusual, enjoyable and amusing book by Tom Holt called The Management Style of the Supreme Beings, which I swear has to have been inspired by Douglas Adams. The final book of the month was Asking for Trouble by Elizabeth Young. Apparently, this inspired the Deborah Messing film The Wedding Date, which seems to have barely any similarities to it at all. As far as books were concerned, March was a bit of a disappointing month, until I reached the last week. And then I read a book that will definitely be going on my most amazing books of all time list, which I will talk about at some point, and is one I wish I had devoted an entire solo episode to. It was most certainly my best book of 2021, CSE by Madeline Miller. I really do wish that I had waited to read it and dedicated an entire episode to its magnificence. Though... This has no bearing on my reading for the year. Just a few weeks ago, Miller announced that her current project, a novel inspired by Shakespeare's The Tempest, which is one of my favourite plays by him anyway, is now on hold as she has been hit with inspiration for another tale inspired by Greek mythology. So I am now eagerly anticipating Persephone, which I am absolutely positive will be another masterpiece. April showers introduced... In incredibly quick succession, Easy A, The Wedding Date, Just Friends, Empire Records, Clueless, and a review of the first full season of the next flick series, Shadow and Bone. I'm not sure if I was influenced by anything, but these just happened to be on my viewing list for the month, and the fact that they're quite similar or came out in similar years is irrelevant. Wow. I'm not even halfway through the year and that's 15 films and just as many books that I talked about, though I read a lot more. 
by multiple authors, both new and familiar. May introduced change in the form of two episodes a week and a focus on TV rather than film. Oh boy, I really had no idea what I was going to be putting myself through with that particular challenge. Reading a book a week is easy. Watching a 22-episode show and writing a review is another thing entirely. It was hard going, but over the next few months, that's exactly what I did. Sometimes we really don't know our own limits. Throughout May, June, July, and a tiny, tiny bit of August, I watched so much TV I was a bit showed out by the end of it, though I did rediscover a few favourites in the process. It's been absolute years since I had a chance to watch The Golden Girls, so it was great watching my way through 180 21-minute episodes over six weeks of late nights and Saturdays full of Blanche, Rose, Dorothy and Sophia. Probably won't repeat that again for a few years, though I will watch a few favourites now to memorialise Betty White in my mind, but I have my eye on the Golden Palace when that hits Disney Plus later this year. I believe it hits Hulu in the States this coming month. I watched The Golden Girls, Spaced, Black Books, The Finder, Dollface, Stranger Things, Death in Paradise and Lucifer. I also read my way through books by one of my favourite authors, Kelly Armstrong, as well as books by Alexandra Bracken, Olivia Dade, E.M. Forster, Paige Toon and Stephen King. So all in all, though it was a test of my time management skills and determination, both of which are now decidedly lacking, I have decided, I hopefully introduced you and myself to new experiences, new TV shows, books and authors. In July, I celebrated my 50th episode with a review all about the first in a multi-billion dollar franchise that was inspired by a single magazine article, The Fast and the Furious. It feels so long ago now, and once this episode goes live, I will only be 23 episodes away from my 100th. I've hit the home stretch, as I've arrived at the end of August and the start of season three, which was a bit more of a mixed bag as far as films, books and TV were concerned. I took you on a long voyage to Mars with The Martian, down to hell with Chance Whitmore from Strivesseek Find, courtesy of Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett with Good Omens, to Hollywood, though they could possibly be considered the same thing, in a duo of novels written by contemporary author Olivia Dade, to the middle of a mental breakdown courtesy of the book that inspired the film The Silver Linings Playbook, and to two charming English country villages with two different Agathas where murder was on the mind of the most seemingly innocuous individuals. I revisited Neverland with an adult Wendy Darling as my tour guide where all was not as innocent and fairy tale as it once appeared and a terrifying dystopian future where the four horsemen of the apocalypse fell in love with mortal women and I was introduced to the concept of new adult fiction. And that was just the books. I also discovered that not all romantic comedies are created equal when I started to watch my way through anything and everything I could find on UK streaming services. I learned that apparently being single is all about being an entitled cow, that single women are desperate to find Mr. Right, and that almost every Jennifer Aniston romantic comedy starts at a wedding. 
The year ended with a couple of Christmas-adjacent films, Noel and Holiday in the Wild, though neither without their faults. In the case of Noel, the biggest fault was that it was trying too hard to live up to the promise of being saddled with the Disney label. Holiday in the Wild had a beautiful setting, but it was about as far from a Christmas film as it's possible to be. The fact that it was released in the run-up to Christmas, marketed as a Christmas film by Netflix, and started with a photo of a Christmas event being taken in August, was really the only connection to the season, as far as I was concerned. All that having been said, I have still yet to pick up my copy of Arthur Christmas and review that. I guess that there are some films that simply shouldn't be pulled to proverbial pieces for a few listens, and that's one of them. Of course, not everything was bright and sparkling wonder, but then when you suffer from any kind of mental health issues, life is all about the up and down, and there has been plenty of that. That's not necessarily a bad thing, though. I learned a lot about myself as I started to look more carefully at the emotions and moods I've experienced over not only the last 12 months, but more accurately, the last 36 years of my life. I have an addiction to spending that I control by not spending very much on anything impulsively. I honestly believe that my social anxiety was triggered by my recovery from a minor surgery that went slightly wrong. And a lot of the things that I have experienced and felt in my life were actually related to a diagnosis that not one person had ever suggested it was a possibility. And not one of them had ever considered until the last year. Surprisingly to me, at least, not one person was shocked at the diagnosis when it was made. So does that mean that I am oblivious to the possibility that many of my issues were connected to being on the spectrum? Yes, most likely. Does that mean that I feel any different about any of it? Nope, not at all. Why should I? Over the last 30 plus years, I have constructed coping mechanisms that help me to work around the majority of the difficulties that I don't even recognise anymore. Finding out what was different made me realise why it's so easy for many to go undiagnosed for the majority of their lives, because you do create strategies that help without even noticing it. Are some things hard? Of course, they always were. Knowing why doesn't make them any easier, it just makes it easier to understand why. Christmas, as any adult will tell you, is a stressful time for most. I have just arrived back at my flat after seven full days away. I popped in to see my cat, but she certainly let me know that she was unhappy with my absence when I finally returned. While other people thrive and revel in being around everyone getting energised by their presence. As someone who is an admitted hermit, I find, and it sounds awful to admit it, that being surrounded by people constantly is mentally and physically exhausting. I love it for a while, but then I need time alone so I can recharge my batteries ready to get back to work. No, I'm not going to the spa, that's not my thing, but I am going to be enjoying some mindless TV, copious cups of tea and coffee in my brand new mug, a few cornflake cakes, which admittedly I made and ate yesterday, and an afternoon or two lying on the sofa. 
I have loved spending time with the family. It's been interesting and exciting being in the middle of everything for a change, actually know, knowing what's going on. But now that I'm at home, I truly appreciate my own space. The chance to detox, to enjoy my own company and Darcy's. The quiet, the peace and the feel of computer keys under my fingertips. Yes, I know that's strange. I didn't realise how much I miss all of the things that I do without even thinking about them. Like surfing through social media, snuggling up on the sofa with Darcy kneading my thigh through a blanket and every once in a while climbing up my person to reassure herself that I am there. I actually think she missed me. To paraphrase an ancient Chinese proverb, we live in interesting times and that has never been a truer statement than when looking at the last two years. Though they have been less than salubrious in many ways, the time at home has introduced the opportunity to enjoy and discover many new interests and hobbies, including podcasting. These months have also opened up a world of possibilities. This year was apparently the year for changing things about your life that you weren't happy with. And when I changed jobs in September, I was just one of 25% of the working adult population in the UK who decided it was time to move on from the stagnation I had personally been sinking into. So while I didn't make massive improvements in my life, I didn't lose all my excess weight, much to my doctor's disappointment, I didn't get a drastic haircut, I didn't redecorate the flat, I did make one change that I should have made years ago leaving a work environment that had grown increasingly more toxic than was healthy. This single change has made a world of difference to my mental state as pertains to the daily stresses that had started to pull me down into a depressive low I hadn't visited in many years. I'm not deluded enough to think that a single, simple change of job will have a permanent positive effect on my mental health, but for now I am happy with the short-term effects. Over the last 12 months, I have written, recorded and edited a total of 60 episodes of varying length. And that doesn't even include the episodes that were half started and never finished, the ones that I had to re-record because of a glitch, or the episodes that I have guested on with other people and they have been so much fun. I hope to do more in the new year, so if you're looking for someone to talk books or films or anything else, get in touch. But all of that said, that's the fun of the game. I've always said that the moment it stops being enjoyable is the moment I pack up my mic and start doing something else. I have a pile of unfinished knitting projects waiting for me to rekindle that interest. The podcast community is a surprisingly large one, but it is also somewhat close-knit. And without those people to bounce ideas off, to vent to when things don't quite go right, or celebrate with when a milestone is reached, I don't think it would be quite the same. Now that I've looked at the last 12 months, my first full calendar year as a podcaster, I want to look at the next 12 and the promise that they hold. I am so excited to share what I have planned starting from my next episode. And it all begins here. For the last three seasons, I have been playing with a concept. Part of me knew some of what I wanted, but the part that was picking out films and TV shows clearly had absolutely no idea. Over the last few months, I have been taking it much easier, putting out episodes that I enjoyed recording, but they still weren't quite there. And then something clicked. 
that is where the changes come in. This year, I'm introducing you to the new and improved Ray and Not Before Coffee as I take you on a tour of my bookshelves. I am going to be looking at new genres, familiar authors, good books, great books, and no doubt along the way there will be a few clunkers, because what is a series of book reviews without a few that don't quite hit my personal list of enjoyable reads? You might like them. I should probably start at the beginning. When I first began podcasting in 2019, I was doing nothing but talking about books, but I had a co-host. And as much as I loved the concept, it just didn't work. The conversation was great when it happened, but our taste in books was so dissimilar that it became less about what we liked and more about what one of us would make the concession of reading. As much as I hate to say it, I was not the person refusing to read specific books, authors or genres. At the end of the day, my co-host and I were not a great combination, though the idea was a great one. It just didn't work out how I wanted or hoped it would. It was easy to determine that it was time to move on before I grew to really dislike something I had started to enjoy and fell out with my friend. The next phase of my growth was a very short-lived project called Ray's Reading Room. You may even be able to find the episode somewhere and I know that I have an unused YouTube channel with the same title. Again, the concept was great, but the execution was not quite what I wanted. I got so involved in the books I was reading that weeks would go by before I realised that I hadn't scripted or recorded anything. Just eight episodes in and I realised that while consistency was key, it just wasn't happening. And all of that leads me to September 2020 and the launch of Not Before Coffee. So I've said all this, what exactly is next? 2022 is bringing with it a lot of things. Hope and promise are just two of them, but more importantly is a desire to follow my creative heart. And that's why I'm going back to my origins. Season four, which kind of officially starts today, will have a very literature-focused bent. And no, I'm not talking highbrow. I'm not going to be sitting here focusing on Charles Dickens and Thomas Hardy. Does that mean I won't be doing film any longer? No, because some of the best films out there are based on books. Things like The Princess Bride, Sense and Sensibility, Jurassic Park, The Martian and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And of course, that's not including books that were turned into short-run TV shows like Agatha Raisin, Shadow and Bone and The Witcher. So there will be film and there will also be short TV shows. I am looking forward to this change as I know that sharing my love of the written word is going to open me up to more new authors, but also introduce you to books and writers you may never have considered before. Of course, it's going to remain spoiler free because books are eternal. Every week I'm going to be talking about my latest reads, the books I finished, the ones I'm starting, recent purchases. There are always at least three. Seriously, my reading list is incredibly long and I got new vouchers for Christmas. As well as my reading challenges. New authors, rereads and everything that I find exciting about picking up a selection of books and diving into a new imaginative, sometimes scary world created by the words of someone who was brave enough to put pen to paper and create something for me to relish. The changes don't end there though. You may well have noticed that I have a brand new logo. 
I finally took the plunge and invested a little in the creation of something that fits the path I am moving down. So, let me introduce you to my mini-me, Ray, displaying my love of all things books and coffee in picture form. Yes, this mini-me is younger, thinner, definitely prettier, but her desire to be surrounded by books and parchment is no less avid than mine. I will be back next week with my first brand new book review, but until then, that's all she wrote. I hope you enjoyed the listen and I'll be back next week, as I said, with more in this new format. If you like what you hear, why not share it with your friends and family? And please post a star rating on Good Pods, Spotify or Podchaser. You can find me on Twitter at need underscore three underscore mugs and on Instagram at not before coffee podcast. Well, I need another cup of coffee as I have not had enough and I'm still detoxing from the last week. So I'm going to go and put the kettle on. Until next time, this is me saying farewell and wishing you all a very happy new year. Welcome to 2022.